0: Chapter six of Kit and Kitty by Richard Doddridge Blackmore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter six The Beauties of Nature. While that bitter war was raging, I enjoyed a peaceful and gentle season. It happened that I had come up our village on a matter of strict business at a time of day not at all unlikely to be the very time of day mentioned overnight as the one that would suit Mrs. Marker and Miss Fairthorne. For doing a little business in our village. This might be explained without any imputation on any one I have the pleasure of knowing, for all of them will admit at once that it needs no explanation. It is enough to say that when I had the honor of seeing two ladies safe home last night, after pulling them out of the flood, as they both maintained, though never in it, no little gratitude had been expressed, and much good will had been felt all round and it would have been hard upon that state of things if any good-bye had been said forever. for my part although i had no great fear of being knocked on the head by sam henderson it might have seemed haughty and even unfeeling if i insisted too strongly upon my ability to take care of myself therefore i allowed them to consider me in peril and to this i was partly indebted perhaps for the opportunity of meeting them on monday it is true that i had not learned half as much about matters of the deepest interest to me as mrs Cutham, without any claim to such knowledge was now possessed of but this might fairly be expected for women have always been convinced that men have no right to know half as much as themselves let him find it out i am not going to tell him is their too frequent attitude while they feel it a duty to their own sex to pour out almost everything however. I have no desire to complain and perhaps it is better thus for if we knew all of their affairs we might think less about them and i was in a very deep condition of interest and wonder not only from the hints i had received but also from the manifold additions of my fancy in fact it was far more than i could do to confine my heart to its proper work when i saw those two ladies come to do a little shopping at that time there were only about a dozen of the houses in the narrow street that runs along the river which allowed the importance of selling to compete with the necessity of dwelling and the few that did appear inclined to do a little trade if coaxed into it were half ashamed of their late concession to the spirit of the age no man had yet appeared who shatters the ancestral sense of congruity who routs up the natives as a terrier bullies mastiffs and scarcely even leaves them their own bones and it may be maintained that people got things better and found them last longer than they ever do now and this was only natural because it always took a much longer time to buy them this enabled me to take my time about my own business without any risk of being left behind by the lady housekeeper and her fair companion from time to time i assured myself by a glance between flower-pots or among drapery that my quest was not gone astray that as yet i had not lost all that i cared to see and that i could keep my own background while thinking of things far beyond me it had never been my manner yet to be much afraid of anything not that i stood at all upon my valour but simply because to the best of my knowledge i had no enemy anywhere yet now very much to my own surprise instead of proper courage i was full of little doubts and more misgivings than i can at all describe and even a tendency to run away and try to forget the very thing i was longing for and i knew for a certainty that if the matter came to the very best opportunity i was quite sure to do my very worst and cut a despicable figure to my own undoing i tried to recover myself by doing a few strokes of business on my own account going into the butcher's and complaining sadly that he now weighed the foot in with the leg of mutton a privilege only to be claimed by the lamb but he said that it now was ordained by nature and asked how i expected a poor sheep to walk i knew that his logic would not go upon all fours but my wits were so loose that i let it pass and at that very moment i discovered betwixt the hearts of two bullocks something very near my own miss kitty fairthorn had been set free by mrs jenny marker while the housekeeper was driving a bargain in soft goods unfit for young comprehension after that she was to go on for a walk with widow cuttham and meanwhile the young lady might look at the river which was now rolling grandly in turbulent flood it was rather a shy and delicate thing for me to go also in that direction and the butcher who never confined his attention to his own mutton was sure as could be to come out of his door and look all up the lane for sunbury people as long as i have known them take a deep interest in one another's doings and all the more so when they happen to perceive that their sympathy is not requested. Wherefore I hurried back to ask another question, as if there were nothing in my mind but meat, and then turned up an alley which would lead me round the back of some houses to the Halliford Road further on. There were many things now that I might have done, more sensible haply, than what I did. I might have gone home, and had bread and cheese and a glass of mild ale with Uncle Corney. Or if that had seemed a little too ignoble why not wander along the upper road and thence survey as from a terrace which used to be the origin of the word contemplate the many distant mazes of the flooded river the trees along the margin bowing over their foundations the weak smile of autumnal sunshine over the wrongs of its own neglect and perhaps in the foreground a slender figure standing as if it were nothing in the mass however What I did was to go straight on towards the one in the world who was all the world to me. By what process of reason or unreason or pure stupid heart I was come in such haste to this state of mind, it is more than I can explain to any, and I did not even try to explain it to myself. There was my condition, right or wrong, and those who cannot understand it may be proud of their cool wisdom, and without harm I may be sorry for them. She wore a grey cloak looking wonderfully simple yet gathered in small at her beautiful waist and trimmed at the skirts and over two little pockets and with a soft blue fur called vicuna and she carried a little muff of the same material and the strings of her hat which was like a sea-shell were also of a blue tint very sweetly matching but the blue that was sweetest and richest of all was that of her large soft loving eyes than which it is impossible for any poet to imagine anything in heaven more lovely however i shall not go on any more about her though things may slip out unawares and without being rude i may say plainly that i have a right to keep such matters to myself for a short time i was at a loss for the commonest presence of mind and stood wondering hoping that she would turn round and yet fearing that she might think i had no business there her whole attention was taken up as i knew by her attitude for already i had seemed to have a gift of understanding her not with any thought of people near her but with the grandeur of the rolling flood and the breadth of quiet lake beyond it she was saying to herself so far as i could tell what is the use of such a little dot as i am and what is the value of my little troubles when the mighty world goes on like this and all I can do would not make a wrinkle and scarcely a flutter on the vast expanse. Then suddenly, as if in dread of her own thoughts, she turned round and saw me within a lanyard of her, as if she had been taken in a rosy fog, for we are all ashamed of large thoughts when caught in them. She colored to the tint of one of Uncle Corny's peaches, though without any of the spots he was so proud of, and then she drew one hand from her blue muff, and i found it so soft and warm and precious that i almost forgot to let it go again oh how i am surprised to see you here she said as if my general place of residence was the moon and probably i looked as if it should be so and i am even more amazed to see you here i answered without any of my wits to help me but i came to do a little bit of business with the butcher he has been doing things he had no right to do i have often been told that they are inclined to take advantage she replied with a look which convinced me at once that she would make a first-rate housekeeper for what butcher could resist it my dear father would have much trouble with them if if i mean if he were at all allowed to have it but he is always so full of great things oh what a happy man he must be i have heard that he is the most clever and learned and one of the most celebrated men in london i may not have heard all that but still i was perfectly justified in saying it for it made her talk and every time she spoke her voice sounded sweeter than it did the time before you have been told the truth it is acknowledged universally she went on as if there were no fame to equal his and with a sparkle in her blue eyes as if a star had flashed in heaven there seems to be nothing that he does not know and nothing that he does not improve by his knowledge and make useful for-i mean for the world at large how can i be his child and yet so stupid and slow-witted it is a thing that amazes me and i am trying always not to think of it i am sure you are not stupid i am sure you are very quick-witted i never saw any one half so clever and accomplished and ladylike and gentle and lovely was the word i was about to use but she stopped me with a smile that would have stopped a rushing bull i am showing my quick wits now she said presenting the charm of her hand again by never even thanking you for all you did last evening i was thinking before you appeared that but for you i should probably be tossing in these wild waters now or probably carried down as far as london bridge without a chance of even being buried and it made me so sad when i remembered that it would make no difference to any one how can you say such a dreadful thing i exclaimed with great indignation for her eyes that had been so full of light were darkened with sadness and turned away it is not true that i saved you in the least though i wished that i had i should deserve to live forever. but you speak as if no one in the world had any love for the sweetest and best and most lovely creature in it this was going rather far i must confess not that any word of it was at all exaggerated or even approached the proper mark but that it might seem a little early on the part of one who had never had the pleasure of beholding the lady till the previous afternoon the remembrance of this was very awkward to me and i was wild with myself but could not stop the mischief now will you oblige me mr orchardson she asked as gently as if i had shown no folly by just looking down or up the village to see if mrs marker is coming she was to have been here ten minutes ago we have to make a long round now since the bridge and the lower road is washed away i ought not to trouble you but i never know exactly where i am in country places although i love the country so this was more than i deserved for a good box on the ears was the proper reward for my forwardness and i should have been less abashed by it i am a bigger cad than sam henderson himself i whispered with a timid glance at her but she seemed at a loss to know what my meaning was and so with a deep a very clumsy bow i departed to do her bidding before i had taken many steps there appeared the lady housekeeper in the distance walking with great dignity perhaps to console herself for the insolence of that widow cuttham of this i knew nothing as yet though it was plain that something unrighteous had disturbed her and this made my humble demeanour more soothing and persuasive to her upright mind after shaking her hand very warmly and, paying a well-deserved compliment to her fine color i ventured to implore a little favor which the sight of our garden wall sparkling in the sunshine for it was newly topped with broken glass suggested by some good luck to me oh if you would only come i said and see my uncle's trees to-morrow they are at their very best this week before we begin to gather largely the pears are hanging down so that we have had to prop the branches and the plums are as thick as eggs together when the hen is sitting, only instead of being pale some are of the richest gold, and some of a deep purple, like like that magnificent amethyst you wear, and the peaches on the wall. You might almost compare these to a lady's cheeks when a gentleman tells her of her beauty. Really, Mr. Orchardson, you are quite a poet, and when you get tired of looking at them and tasting the ripest, all you have to do is come into the vinery and sit beneath the leaves and look all along it wherever the clusters leave any room to look until you don't know which you like the best the appearance of the black or the white ones because so much depends upon the light and then uncle corny comes with a pair of scissors and says ma'am that is not the way to look at it the proof of the pudding is in eating and he hands you in a vine leaf being careful where he cuts it a jet-black shoulder of black hamburg and an amber-colored triplet of white muscat mr orchardson you are making my mouth water if a vulgar expression may be allowed to one who eats the bread of servitude i wondered to hear her speak thus though i saw that she had been aggrieved by somebody and if you will be at home to-morrow afternoon perhaps i might obtain permission to leave my mistress for an hour or two I might walk down about four o'clock when i have finished all the blacking of the boots something with a spiteful tang to it was rankling in her mind as i perceived but having no right to ask i just lifted my hat and gazed at her gold chain and brooch then a tear or two started by her own words came forth and she looked at me softly you would add to the favour of your invitation she said with a smile which made me look at something else if you would include in it Miss Kitty Fairthorne. Poor thing, she is put upon very sadly, and it would be such a treat for her. They see so little of the beauties of nature in London. I am sure my uncle will be most happy, I answered as if I were not sure about myself. End of chapter six.